Really? You mean I actually have to give my whole life to this? Absolutely. You mean that there are more important things than than TV and my job and or my hobbies or you know you name it. There's actually someone who's more important than all of that. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's called family, and it's more important than Facebook. It's more important than Instagram or ESPN or the game. It's more important than our kids uh, scoring four touchdowns or uh, winning two trophies at the dance competition. It's more important than, than them making straight A's or making the dean's list. It's more important than all of that because our children have eternal souls that will live forever, mm-hmm. either in heaven or hell. And the way I like to try to describe this goes back to this verse in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that speaks of the fact that we're to teach our children when we sit down, lie down, rise up, and walk along the way. That means all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you think of a devotion as something, well, we're going to have a devotion. And you think that's the be-all, end-all. It's a five or ten minute deal and you can check it off. Your whole evening with your family should be a devotion. And and, and the way that we try to describe this is your life is a family devotion. What are what are we trying to do here, Matthew? What is our goal in doing these podcasts? Our goal is to equip the family to yes. push their families closer to the Lord. This Matthew and I, he's younger than me, you can tell he has hair, but he has the same heart that I have. We love our families. Hmm. We love this. We love our church that that we get the privilege of serving in, and we love the listener out there who's like us, who's trying to figure out how do we do this. And that's just it. I mean, I'm you've you you're ahead. You've you've gone down much further down the road than I have. Hmm. There's a lot of lessons I'm still picking up. Hmm. And but that's the thing though is I'm I'm trying to pick them up and trying to apply them. And so we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Kevin's sharing things that's worked for him. And I mean, and some of the thoughts that I share are things that has worked for me. But it's just, we're in this thing together. And we're just hoping that by sharing our experiences, I mean, Kevin's experiences help me. And I hope that our experiences help you. And so we're just trying to just pass along what what we have already found to be effective. So that way you can go ahead and you can be put them in practice into your life. Tweak them as you need to, Absolutely. because it's your family. You know, there's no cookie cutter situation that's going on here. You know your family. And so you're able to take the things that we talk about yeah. and apply them to your homes. Let's talk about your life. You think about your life and your schedule. Maybe you're somebody listening or watching this and you're, and you're like, dude, I don't have time at night because our family's hardly ever home. Well, if your family's hardly ever home, maybe you need to think about that. Okay, sorry, didn't mean to step on your toes there. But if you're never home, then when are you supposed to do this stuff? Okay, but let's just say that's your life right now. You've got obligations and you can't get out of that. Well, and if I can point something yeah. out real quick, because there's things that you're saying that I'm hearing that that need to be pointed out. If there's anything that Kevin or I say, and, and Kevin's given a lot of experience from this in this podcast, but if there's anything that's said that you're like, oh, that just sounds weird to me. You know, like asking my kids, what are you thinking? Well, that doesn't work in my house. Take note. Yes. Because that means that that's something to work on. Yes. And so in the same way that Kevin just highlighted, if you're not at home most nights, take note. That's something to work on. Yes. And so just take those little pieces. It's all helpful. Start to work on those and then introduce these other things we're talking about. Yes. You've heard the little uh, little acrostic 
I'm busy, B-U-S-Y, buried under Satan's yoke. Mm-hmm. I've been there. So the finger that I'm pointing at you, there's three fingers pointing back at me. I, I've been there. So I can speak by experience of just absolutely being so busy, even with, with good stuff like the church. Hear me on this. One time my wife said to me, she said, you've got a mistress. I said, what are you talking about? She said her name is, and she named our church. And I'm like, oh, man, because that's, I was doing everything at the church. Hmm. I, I mean, I was getting it right at God's house and totally blowing it at my house because I was never there. So mom and dad, if you're watching this, listen to this and you go, you know, right now we're just not at home much. We're running from school to this practice, to that event, to that thing then you're going to have to use your vehicle as the place of devotion. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're going to have to you're going to have to figure it out. Maybe it's your time going to school. Maybe you're in the car line dropping them off at school. So that 11 minute drive from your house to the school, that's when the radio's not on. You tell them to pull the earbuds out and you're talking about the day. You you're asking them, "What's going on?" And, and you have this conversation and you talk to them and for goodness sake, pray over them before they get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a 10 second prayer, let them hear you pray for them and tell them you love them. I know that sounds crazy for me to have to say that, but for some of you, your parents never told you that they loved you. And it seems weird coming out of your mouth to say, I love you. Break that. Mm-hmm. Tell your kids. I love you. Dad, I know your boy is now 16 years old and he's bigger than you are. You tell your son, hey, son, I love you. Remember, daddy loves you. I'm telling you, that voice will be internalized in their heads forever Mm -hmm. because they will have heard it over and over again. You say, that's just not me. I'm just not, uh, I don't express things. Matthew just said it. Take note. Take note. These are things that are going to stretch us. But if we're devoted, we're talking about devotions here. If we're devoted to Christ and we're devoted to our families, then when you're devoted to something, you're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to do whatever it takes. You you will put the investment into a mission based on how important that mission is to you. If you're an army and you, you invest ground troops and air and sea, you're totally vested. You've got all three phases. Are, are we totally invested into teaching our families or do we want just a postage stamp? Is, is, that, is, is that good enough? Is the postage stamp Jesus good enough? Because I'm telling you, it won't work. I've been pastoring long enough now. I'm into my 15th year. I've watched families who have given this thing a lick and a promise and a postage stamp. And they come to me now, and their kids are in their mid twenties. They want nothing to do with God, and and I'm I'm kind. I don't, but I'm just being blunt now. For those who are watching and listening, I want to take them by the Christian shoulders and shake them and say, "But don't you see what you were saying to them was important when they were fifteen? It was." sports, it was academics, it was all of this other stuff, and now you you wonder why they have no desire, no appetite for the things of God. Listen, our kids will crave what we make them like. Mm-hmm. What are we making our kids crave? There's nothing wrong with sports. I love sports. There's nothing wrong with academics. 
I'm, I'm, I love academics. I graduated number one in my class at both Appalachian and West Wilkes High School. I don't say that to brag. I just say I worked hard because my family, family valued that. But I would rather have a kid that makes C's, makes B's, and we have time to train and teach them because we actually have some time at home and they're not playing sports all the time and we're never there as a family. Because the truth is, we can't be honest and genuine and say that we're raising our kids if we're never spending any time with them. And so practically, we've got to connect with our kids. We have to connect. And if we're not connecting and if we're not having the conversations, we're not teaching them. The schools are teaching them, the coaches, the teachers, and that may very well be okay, but not everyone believes like you, like me. And so all of a sudden, our kids now are 18 years old, 19 years old. They come back from first semester of college, and we think that college has switched the gears in their lives in three months in college. No, no, no. You lost them when they were 15. You just didn't know it. They were already gone. Mm. They were already gone. They were just, it just had to be manifested once they got out of the house. You can tell what a kid believes if you'll ask him what they believe. You can, you can say, so, comma, what have you been thinking about today? Ask them what they believe about Adam and Eve. Because a lot of people say today that that Adam and Eve were figments of Moses' imagination. They never existed. Ask them what they believe about the creation. Ask them what they believe about gender and sexuality and marriage. You might be surprised. Ask them what they believe about a fetus versus a baby. Maybe they do believe like you believe, which we're going to argue here is scriptural as a Christian. I'm holding a Bible in my hand. But if we're not taking the time to intentionally teach you don't know what they believe. Just because they're living in your house under your roof does not mean they're a Christian or they believe like you, even if they pray to prayer when they're eight years old. Mom and dad, if they're not reading the Bible, they don't have a desire for the things of God, and you've got to beg, scream, plead, and borrow to get them to come to church, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. They could have a postage stamp Jesus, and that's not enough. So if we're going to be devoted... If we're going to be a people of devotion, then we're going to have to be intentional about saying, okay, I've got to be thinking about how can I transfer the faith? So if I've got toddlers, I'm thinking about, are we going to build a fort at the couch in the den? And we're going to talk about, you know, um, you know, Nehemiah building the wall, or we're going to talk about, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We build the accounts, the, the, the Jonah and the fish and Noah and the ark. We build this in our in our smaller kids, right? We build these accounts into them so they understand this. We help them to understand what the Ten Commandments are. As time goes along and they get older and they get into middle school and they get into high school and, and they start getting pushed and, and pressured by the world that says, oh, you actually believe in the Bible? You believe in that stuff? You got to be crazy. You must have lost your mind. Now they're tossing their head back like Matthew was in my office and going, ha, 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 you must be crazy. No, you actually believe what the Bible says because you believe it's the Word of God. And so you begin teaching your kids how to be peculiar. Mm-hmm. You begin teaching your children 
that it's okay to be looked at as different. And so, because our kids want to fit in, right? And so they'll start swallowing the Kool-Aid of the world just so that they can fit in. So we have to teach and train our kids, particularly middle school, high school years, when we're having those times of devotion, we debrief them. We want to know what they're thinking. What have you seen on Instagram? What have you seen on Twitter? What have you heard in your science class? Because not all teachers now in even good old you know, Western North Carolina actually believe the Bible. And even if they do, they can't teach it. Mm-mm. So we have to be devoted to the things of God. And a family devotion, if you want to call it a 10-minute sort of deal that you do two or three times a week, fine. But I would rather see it as it's that the, the time of devotion is actually woven into the fabric of your family, whether it's driving to school in the morning or driving from practice to, to McDonald's to get a, a hamburger because it's 7.30 at night and you hadn't had time to cook. Talk, talk, talk. And when you sit down, lie down, rise up, walk along the way, you have a spiritual vision for your family, you, you decide that you're going to make the investment and that's the goal, is to make the investment into the home. And, and when you choose to do that, mom and dad, it's going to take time on your part. You're going to have to think about it, dad, just like you're thinking about how to make sure you get the right hitter in the four spot so in case there's a couple of guys on base, you can get him home in the first inning. Because I know you're thinking about it, and that's important, but is it really in eternity whether or not a kid in a, in a T-League game gets a hit? But we put, we make the investment into things that we feel are important. Our kids are our most sacred investment outside of our own selves and our own salvation. And so make that investment. That's what it means to be devoted. Mm-hmm. And the way I think of it, again, being this whole, our whole life spirituality is whenever you're pursuing God and you're pursuing your family, you're not going to have a hard time connecting the two. That's right. You're going to be in the Word, and you're going to be connecting with your family. And so you won't necessarily, as time goes, you won't be having to look for teachable moments. You won't have to schedule them, though it's a good thing to do that in order to have structure in your home, in order to kind of normalize the process. But as time goes, you're just going to see teachable moments, and you're going to jump them. Yeah. Let me say this practically as we wrap this up. You say, what do I use? We, we want to have a devotion. We actually do want to sit down and have a time to eat. We put out devotions. Mm-hmm. Matthew and I, we've written devotions. I've been writing devotions a long time. He writes most of them now. But use those. We have people that tell us they've got our app, Mount Pleasant Baptist Church app, and they just read the devotion, stop, and say, all right, let's talk about that. Okay, use a devotion. We talked about in the, in the, the episode with, with Pam, my wife, that little blue Bible, that story Bible. Mm-hmm. You go back and listen to that one, and, and, and we've got it in the show notes. Get that Bible. Read from that to your smaller kids, to the seven, eight, nine-year-olds in your home. But the, the, the most fun for me are when the kids are little, little tykes, and it's building the fort out of the pillows on the couch. That's when it's fun. That's when it's talking about, all right, you be Daniel in the lion's den, and we're going to all be up on the couch, and one of them has to roll off the couch into the lion's den. Okay? And they'll, I want to be Daniel. I want to be Daniel. And they'll remember it. You know, and you, and you think about that. You go, oh, well, you're just more creative than I am. I pray. 
I pray. I I, I, can't, I don't even I almost get emotional when I think about it. I don't know what to do a lot of the times. And I just say, Lord, what do my kids need? What do, this is this journey of being a follower of Christ. And I say, I say in my in my in my time in the mornings when I'm alone with the Lord, Lord, what do my kids need right now? What's going on in their lives? What does my wife need right now? What's going on in her life? And then show me. And sometimes it, he'll give it to me as I'm riding back from having lunch with somebody. And I'm, I'm driving back up 421 and it'll come to me. And I'm like, that's what we need to talk about. Sometimes I use our devotions. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I use Oswald Chambers, my utmost forest highest. Now, you can't use that with a toddler because it's deep. Uh, of late, I've been using some of A.W. Tozer's stuff. My wife bought me a 365-day little thing on Tozer. Um, but he's deep. But I've got two teenagers now. I can use some of this deeper stuff and push them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is there are no cookie-cutter in, uh, deals in this. And so you're, you're, you're talking to the Lord yourself. And, and you, you, ask the, you, you, you teach your family what the Lord is teaching you. You let them know this is what's happening in my life, honey, daughter, son, and 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 they 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 begin to they gravitate to what they see dad and mom experiencing in their life, and then let them hear it from you, and hear what God is doing. You tell them about the tough times. Tell them that money's short right now. Don't scare them to death if they're eight years old. But if, 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 let's say you got 13, 14 year old in your house and you're going through some financial difficulty, you say, Hey, y'all pray for mom and dad. And right now we're having to tighten the belt a little bit, but we know the Lord's going to provide. So don't ask to go to Ruby Tuesdays. Okay. Cause that's, that's 65 bucks. And so the kids begin to, they now have a hand on the stick. Uh, in, in the family journey as, as they pull the oar that makes the boat go in the family. And as teenagers, they can begin to take part in that. They're praying for mom and dad as you're praying for them. And it becomes literally a family that's, that's bound together, devoted together. And that's family devotions. That's it. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in to this episode of Real Time Truth. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Take care.